The LA Kings lose their season opener and lose a key player long-term. We'll give you details on that. Plus, I'll tell you what was good and bad about the first game of the season on Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 2,321 subscribers. Let's see if we can get that up to 2,500 by the end of next month. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for over 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started coming up on today's show we'll give you a quick recap of the season opening loss to the avalanche we'll look at what we liked and didn't like from game one and we'll get you updated on the latest la kings news but real quick i do need to let you know and maybe you already know this i am uh, dealing with covid right now and so there is the possibility at some point during this show i may have to cough or take a drink of something to uh get the uh, the dryness and the scratchiness out of my throat. So if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you'll be able to see that. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, I will mute my microphone if I have to cough. You do not need to hear that. But if, you, if there's an awkward silence for a couple of seconds, just know that that is what that is all about. I will do my best to get through this uh, with as little coughing as possible, but it's just not going to be realistic for me to stop and start uh, every time I have to cough. So that's the situation we're in. All right, we do have Kings news to pass along right off the top, and it's not great news, but there is a silver lining. Now, we knew the Kings forward Victor Arvidsson suffered a lower body injury in practice and could miss the season opener. Well, in fact, he did miss the season opener, and after the game, head coach Todd McClellan said, quote, RV isn't going to be with us for a while. Today, we learned that a while means at least 10 games. The Kings placed Arvidsson on long-term injured reserve, that means that he will be out for 24 calendar days and 10 NHL games. 10 NHL games means that Arvidsson would miss the rest of October and the first game of November. Now, he could return, if healthy, on November 4th. The good news is that it means that for the next 24 days, Arvidsson's cap hit of $4.25 million comes off the books. The Kings can now add multiple players while staying under the cap. That's the silver lining. Now, the Kings can have a full roster, unlike the season opener. The Kings did make some roster moves today. We'll give you the details on that as we go along, uh, and we'll update you on those moves, like I said, coming up later in the show. Um, but I have said this is a big fear for the LA Kings this year. As far as injuries go, they are not deep, and with the salary cap issues, things are going to get tricky when it comes to the roster and injuries. Plus, as we saw last night with Arvidsson out of the lineup and the suspended Arthur Kaliev, it can have a significant impact on the lineup for the Kings, particularly on the power play units. 
So that is the latest news involving the LA Kings. Uh, Arbison out, meaning the Kings are obviously not going to have one of their top offensive weapons, their second line right winger, and one of the very important pieces on their number one power play unit. And with that, there is a domino effect on players being moved around. For example, last night, the Kings had to move fourth line winger Trevor Lewis to the second line to replace Arbitson on the Kings power play unit. The top unit's still pretty strong, but with Arbitson off that top unit, they put P.L. Dubois up there and replacing him makes the second unit weaker. Uh, they put rookie Alex LaFerriere out there. So as you can see, no Arbitson does mean there is a significant impact on the lineup and the special teams. Uh, also, of course, for the opener, no Arthur Kaliev due to suspension, no Arvidsson due to injury. So the Kings literally were playing shorthanded, only eight forwards. And that meant that the fourth line had just Blake Lazat and Carl Grundstrom, and somebody else had to double shift to cover the other winger spot. Now, how much did that hurt the Kings in their season opener against the Avalanche? Hard to say, but I think it's not a stretch to say that it didn't help. Now, for the season opener, uh, just looking at a quick recap of the game, if you missed it, uh, things did not start off well for L.A. The Avs' big stars, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ratnan, and Kel McCarr, all were major factors. Uh, their top two forwards and their elite defensemen each had a goal and totaled four assists in scoring the first three goals of the game to give Colorado a 3-0 lead going into the second period. Uh, the Kings did battle back on goals from Carl Grundstrom and Quinton Byfield and made it 3-2 going into the third and I felt like whoever scored the next goal was probably going to win the game. Unfortunately, that would be Colorado's Miko Ranton. In his second of the night, Miles Wood would score into an empty net and the Avalanche would skate off with a 5-2 victory. Now we're going to get into what we liked and what we didn't like from the first game of the season. But one of the things that will not be on my didn't like list is goalie Cam Talbot. Now I've seen a lot of comments on social media. We need to get a better goalie. We need to get a better goalie. Now, if you were of the opinion that the Kings made a mistake in getting P.L. Dubois and not a better goalie, fine. You can have that opinion and you can say what you want because you had that opinion from the beginning. Uh, but, but here's the reality. The Kings have made their decision to surround a good enough goalie with a better team. They've decided to spend their money on other positions rather than goalie. And I am personally... Totally fine with that philosophy. Some of you aren't, but the reality is that's what the Kings have decided to do. That said, the Kings did not lose to the Avalanche because of the play of Cam Talbot. Now, if you're a football fan, I would say that Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley, for that matter, is like a quarterback who's a game manager. No one's expecting them to win the game, but don't make plays to lose the game. And Again, Phoenix Copley did the same thing last year. Phoenix Copley didn't win any games for the Kings, really. Uh, you know, he, was there a single game that you can think of where you thought, man, without Phoenix Copley, we don't win that game? No, I don't remember one game. I don't remember one game where he was the number one star. And that's fine because that's what the Kings asked him to do. I'm not saying Phoenix Copley didn't play well. And didn't have a good season. All I'm saying is the Kings weren't winning because he was winning them games. He was a part of the team. He was never the one reason why they won games. He wasn't making spectacular glove saves. He wasn't, you know, doing some things we've seen like Jonathan Quick do in his heyday back in the day. And again, that's what they're calling on Cam Talbot to do. And that is frankly what he did 
in last night's game. Stop the pucks you should stop, and we'll take care of the rest. Um, now, is that philosophy good enough for the Kings to get to the playoffs? Well, obviously, yes, because they did it last year with Phoenix Copley. Is that philosophy good enough to win you a Stanley Cup? Well, it was for the Vegas Golden Knights last year. Will it be for the LA Kings? Obviously, that remains to be seen. But what's my evidence that Cam Talbot was not to blame for the Kings' loss? Well, I think it's pretty easy. We'll look at the goals allowed. The first goal, Nathan McKinnon scores from in close from a bad angle, but he is an elite player, and he made an elite play. The pass to him was from behind the net, through the top of the goal crease. Talbot had to go from hugging the right post, sliding over to his left. He was off his angle a bit, but to me, that's not a soft goal. Like I said, sometimes you have to give credit to the opponent. That was a great goal by Nathan McKinnon. Second goal, Kale McCarr from the point on the power play, bodies in front, Talbot's totally screened. No way he could see it. That's not a soft goal. Third goal, soft goal. Uh, Talbot was hugging the post uh, from a bad angle, uh, tried to defend against Miko Rantanen. He was down way too low on his knees and left too much space into the top corner of the net. And an elite player like Rantanen is going to be able to pick the corner like that. So that goal was definitely on Talbot. The third goal, that's on Talbot. The fourth goal, a deflection by Rantanen on a power uh, point shot. Um, that's not a soft goal. So Talbot would end up allowing four goals on 37 shots. One of those goals was on him. The other goals, you either have to credit the opponent or criticize his teammates. That performance was good enough based on what he did in net for the Kings to win. And oh, by the way, he did have some quality saves as well, including two consecutive saves on Nathan McKinnon in the first period that were outstanding. I don't put this loss in any way on Camp Talbot. Again, they're asking him to be good enough Last night, he was good enough. Those goals allowed, uh, again, uh, three of the four goals were not on him. So that's how we're judging the goalies. That's the fair way to judge the goalies. They can't allow a bunch of soft goals. He didn't. He allowed one soft goal again. In my opinion, Cam Talbot not to blame for last night's loss. All right, what did we like and mostly not like from the season opener? That is next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options from point spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, the LA Kings play this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time against the Carolina Hurricanes. Catch every moment of the Kings' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app search, LA Kings. So what did we like and what did we not like from the season opener? Well, let's start with what we did not like, obviously the result. I think for me, though, the number one thing that I did not like was our power play. 0 for 5 with the man advantage. Yes, as I mentioned, the Kings power play units were definitely affected by not having Victor Arvidsson and Arthur Kalia being out there. But still, that obviously is not getting the job done. The number one power play unit is still strong enough, has enough talent on it 
that they should at least get a goal on five power play opportunities. There were, um, you know, important times where the Kings had the power play and a chance to get an important goal, and they did not take advantage. I thought the puck movement on the power play was good, especially from the top unit, but rarely did any of the Kings on the power play get a shot off in a high danger area to get a quality scoring chance. Um, you know, at least if you're going to not be able to get any of those kind of chances, get it to the point like they did, the, like the abs did with Kel McCarr, get traffic in front and try and get a goal that way. But uh, they didn't. Um, I did say in our crossover pre- preview with the guys over at Locked on Avalanche, the Kings had to, if not win, at least not lose the special teams battle. That is to say, if the Avalanche scored a power play goal, the Kings had to score a power play goal. If the Avs scored two, the Kings needed to score two. At least make it even. Obviously, that did not happen. The Kings were 0 for 5 on the power play, and the Avalanche were 1 for 3 with the man advantage. Now, last season, the Kings were 4th best in the NHL in the power play. The Avalanche were 6th best. So that, again, needed to be more of an even battle uh, and give the advantage to the Avalanche, and that was a part of them winning the game. We'll see what adjustments the Kings will make going forward as far as the personnel on the power play now that they know that Victor Arvidsson is going to be out for a while and when Arthur Kaliev comes back as well. But for game one, I thought very disappointing that a strength for the Kings last season was not a strength for them in game one, and that was the power play. Also not good for the Kings, their top players against the Avs top players. Colorado's big three all showed up and played big. Nathan McKinnon had a three-point night, a goal and two assists. Miko Rantanen had a four-point night, two goals, two assists. Kale McCarr, two points with a goal and an assist. The Kings' top players, Andre Kopitar had an assist. No points from Kevin Fiala. No points from Adrian Kempe. No points from P.L. Dubois. Those guys have to show up and have to put up numbers. I thought Kempe in particular was very quiet in this game, over 40 goals last season. Never really had a quality chance in this one, scoring a goal. Bottom line, the Avstars showed up and the King Stars did not. What else did we not like? Well, how about the fact that neither Jordan Spence nor Brant Clark were available for this game? We went with a third pairing on defense of Andreas England and Tobias Bjornfoot together. I'm not suggesting that the play of either of those guys was why the Kings lost. They were okay. But those guys give you nothing offensively and we had to have Matt Roy quarterbacking our second power play unit now maybe if Jordan Spencer Brent Clark are back there we don't go over five on the power play now I'm not blaming Matt Roy but it's not something that he's very good at he's adequate at it at best so if there's any good news regarding the Arvidsson injury and as I mentioned the Kings are now available to call up multiple players they have called up Brent Clark as well as forward Alex Turcott as a result of putting Arvidsson on LTIR. Again, other moves could be made. Maybe Jordan Spence gets called up uh, as well. Um, But again, without Arvidsson, the Kings are going to need more offense. And to me, that means they need to have Brant Clark or Jordan Spence in the lineup to help out offensively from the blue line and in in particular to help out that second power play unit, even if it means eventually having to risk England or Bjornfoot to waivers. So be it. Uh, Those guys need to be in the NHL sooner rather than later, in my opinion. All right, what did we like? Well, how about Alex Lafariere? In his first NHL game, the spotlight was not too big for him at all. I thought he absolutely looked like he belonged out there. 
made some nice plays. And um, how could you not love the scrap he got into after the PL Dubois tripping penalty? Some of the ads went after Dubois. Laferriere got wrapped up uh, in a pile, uh, went at it with Logan O'Connor. A couple of punches were thrown, and then ultimately Laferriere body slammed O'Connor uh, to the ice on a nice takedown. And if you're watching on TV like I was, uh, the reaction of Laferriere's family was awesome. They were so fired up, and it definitely fired up the crowd, fired up his teammates a bit as well. It was very fun to see. Uh, now, no points for Laferriere in the game, but I thought he showed some very nice skills. Uh, if the Kings have to go for a while without Arvidsson, I think Laferriere looks like he could be a decent replacement. Obviously, he's not as good as Victor Arvidsson, but he can get some certainly some uh, some nice experience out of all this. And again, didn't look out of place. Looked like he could be an NHL player right now, a little bit ahead of schedule. I know some people out there in the preseason were saying this guy's NHL ready. I was skeptical about that. Um, but uh, after one game, and we'll see how it goes going forward, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought it was something to be encouraged about. Um, now, how he will still fit into the plans um, if and when Arthur Kaliev returns remains to be seen. Again, Kaliev has one more game on the suspension, so he's not going to play Saturday. So will Laferriere uh, stay on the line he's on now, or will he move up and fill Arvidsson's spot on the second line with Deneau and Moore, or will he stay with P.L. Dubois and Fiala? I tend to think he'll probably stay with Dubois and Fiala, and Kaliev will move in on that second line. But again, that remains to be seen. I think Laferriere, Alex Laferriere, was a bright spot for the LA Kings last night. Now, he was sent down to the AHL earlier today, along with Arthur Kaliev, but all this is a part of the salary cap gymnastics that the Kings are playing right now. Let me read this word for word from the good folks at capfriendly.com and God bless them for the work that they do because God knows I don't I can't understand all this stuff. But this is a tweet sent out by Cap Friendly earlier today. Quote Before placing Arvidsson on LTIR, the Kings first assigned Kaliev and Laferriere and then recalled Turcotte and Clark. This gives them a slightly lower ACSL. This is a, a curable cap space limit. But with Turcotte and Clark on the roster prior to their capture, the club incorporates an additional $2.25 million into their PB pool, which is PB stands for performance bonuses. This is significant because it will give them more flexibility down the road when recalling other players with performance bonuses, end quote. Now, the anticipation is that both Kaliev and Laferriere will be recalled before Saturday's game and play against Carolina. Kaliev can serve the final game of his suspension, so he won't play, but he's on the roster because you have to be on the roster to serve a game of your suspension. Uh, and Laferriere is expected to be back in the lineup. I know he got a lot of high praise from head coach Tom McClellan after the game, so look for that to happen, although they're not recalled at the moment, but this changes on a daily basis. One other thing we liked was Quentin Byfield. Now, I've said it, and uh, I really like the way QB looked in the preseason. I thought he carried it over into the season opener. I think he's got a lot of jump, and more importantly to me was him showing off the skills that made him the number two overall pick in the draft. Now, he had some nice stick handling work in traffic around the net. Uh, I thought he looked much more confident, looked strong on his skates, and just looked under control while still playing at a high speed uh, throughout the game. Obviously, we talked about him producing points 
and his goal in the final seconds of the second period was big. Now, he did make a pass that went off of Avs defenseman Kale McCarr and into the net, but to me, no matter. Uh, he made a strong play, went to the net, and it resulted in a goal. He gets credit for that just as if it was a snapshot into the top corner of the net. Great first game for Byfield. Now, carry it over into the next game, be a consistent factor for the LA Kings this season. We do have a few more news and notes to pass along, including an L.A. King getting in trouble with the Department of Player Safety from something he did in the season opener. That's next here on Locked on L.A. Kings, your team every day. The NHL season is finally here. I love the NHL. I know you do, too, and that's why I want to tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper. You have the chance to win 100 times your cash on Daily Fantasy. The NHL's never been more exciting with fantasy stars like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, and McCarr. Simply select more or less based on stats such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. Yes, you heard me right, Kings fans. Sleeper offers 100 times payout. So just make the right picks and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked on NHL. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for details. The LA Kings play Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time against the Carolina Hurricanes. Catch every moment of the Kings' hometown broadcast with the SiriusXM app. Just search LA Kings on SXM. All right, some uh, Kings news and notes to close things out. Um, Now, if you recall, when we last left you on uh, our previous show, uh, the Kings were carrying three goaltenders on their roster. Well, before the season opener, the Kings did place David Riddich on waivers, and he did, in fact, clear waivers, which was somewhat surprising to me, a pleasant surprise. He has been assigned to the Ontario Reign in the AHL, so that's good news. The Kings will continue to have a veteran goalie with NHL experience waiting in the wings if necessary. Uh, LA Kings forward Philip Deneau was fined today $5,000 by the NHL's Department of Player Safety for his slashing penalty on the Avalanche's Ross Colton. Second period, Colton put a hit on Deneau uh, with the puck nowhere near him. That should have been an interference penalty, no call. So Deneau took a little retribution of his own with a slash to the wrist of Colton, uh, which hurt him initially. He had a very... Um, big reaction to that slash on his wrist. Um, Not saying that he embellished it. I'm sure it hurt, uh, but uh, he dropped his glove and it was grabbing his wrist and he skated over to the bench. Got the attention of a lot of people, although no penalty was called on to know on the play, but it was shown on the broadcast and a replay of the broadcast. Anyway, I think that reaction probably got the attention of the powers that be in the NHL and that resulted in the $5,000 fine to fill up to know Colton did stay in the game and I'm sure to know isn't going to lose a lot of sleep over that $5,000 fine. Uh, before we let you go, I did want to, uh, and, and we're going to tell you what's going on with tomorrow's show, but did want to wish happy birthday to King's legendary broadcaster and Hall of Famer Bob Miller, who turned 85 today. Uh, he was obviously the voice of the Kings for as long as I've been a Kings fan, just about. And uh, as I mentioned, that's over 30 years now. Uh, one of the three legendary voices in the history of LA sports, along with Vince Scully and Chick Hearn. All the best to one of the best. Happy birthday to Bob Miller. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day coming up on Friday's show, we will preview Saturday's game against the Hurricanes and get you updated on the latest Kings roster moves. 
which I'm sure will be happening before uh, the game. A lot of maneuvering will be going on pretty much on a daily basis. And of course, Friday is a Kings fan feedback show. Your questions and comments on anything going on with the LA Kings, your thoughts on the season opener, uh, what's going on with the roster, and more. The email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And as always, you can leave your comments in the YouTube episode's uh, comment section as well. We'd love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram, both at Locked on LA Kings. Thanks for bearing with me, you guys. Uh, I didn't cough, but I did have to take a few sips of my uh, beverage here a few times to keep that dry throat from uh, from coughing. So thanks for bearing with me on that. Appreciate it. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings go.